We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today, to my left, if you're on twitch.tv slash MIHeapy, or if you're on YouTube, it's our professional photoshopper and anime lover, Brass Jazz. What's up, everybody? On the bottom of the screen, you can see our trash tweeter, Jack Alfonso. Really carrying the load this week, Jack. You've been on three straight times. Yeah, I was not supposed to be on today. Yeah, uh, Jack is pinch hitting for Brian, who's having uh, some some life issues that uh, Jack's, you know, Jack stepped up. Jack was in bed. And is, what time is it in Spain right now? It's like one in the morning. One forty five. You're Look in Spain. That. I'm sorry. He's in Spain. I'm in Spain. Yeah. Jack's in Spain. Wow. Stepping up. Wow. Uh, he's researching Spain pick and rolls for us over there. He's really going to get to the <laughs> bottom of whatever that is. Collecting the information. Uh, on the bottom left. And if you're listening on the podcast, you heard his voice. Friend of the show. Rohan Nadkardi, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Well, I'm always happy to have you on the show. You know, we were talking about you, uh, Rohan, yesterday, kind of post-stream and how 
you know, we were thinking how cool it is, how so many of the best content creators around the NBA are really kind of like Miami or Heat fan adjacent, like Nikias Duncan, uh, who's you know writer for Basketball News. As smart as they come, I mean, for us, it's it's him and Zach Lowe in terms of kind of like analysis, and you know, obviously Nikias has uh covered the Heat for a while. And, you know, you're the best doing profiles right now. And I know you're going to say, no, it's not. Listen, I'm telling you, if it's you or if it's Lee Jenkins, I'm picking you. And that's not just because you're my friend. It's because, like, you're genuinely doing, like, legit the best work profiling right now. Like, that's coming from you. Um, And you're awesome. And, you know, you're here to talk about your Jimmy Butler profile that you wrote for Sports Illustrated. Before that, don't mention me and Nikaias together ever again. So are you are you guys beefing? No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Nikias. Oh, I was like, <laughs> did we stumble on? Listen, Nikaias has a lot of beef now. I heard on Twitter that Nikaias doesn't like Steph Curry. I don't know how that came up, but the Twitter Twitter's really running with that one. <laughs> Poor Nikaias gets roped into all sorts of beefs. Uh, yo, shout out to um to Adam for the Twitch Prime. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you Brian M for Tier One sub. Uh, we appreciate everybody kind of supporting us on Twitch. This is a new endeavor for us. Yeah, We're shout not, out to the uh, Twitch homies. Let's ride, baby. It's been fun. Like you know, we we kind of started this around the playoffs, and I I really wanted to make kind of Twitch our home. I feel like it's you know we're we're, we're young, right? We're hip. You know, we're we're mm-hmm. we're you know we're with it. And it's a cool platform, and we really like it. And I, the support from you guys has been. If you're watching incredible. on Twitch, and you see me look away from my screen, it's because my dog is up to something. So I apologize in advance for all the times I'm looking at anywhere but the screen. Interactive media. Now, before we start uh, interviewing Rohan about his interview with Jimmy Butler, remember tomorrow, check out the Hangover Time post game show with Alphonse Sydney, aka he Twitter president. Alf, he's going to be hosting. We're going to do, actually do that on YouTube tomorrow. So go to our YouTube page, Miami Heapy. We're trying to ease the audience into Twitch. So we're kind of doing one YouTube, one, one Twitch stream until January. We're going to be full-time Switch. So if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, go do that right now. It really helps us out. And if you're not subscribed to here on Twitch, what are you waiting for? And if you're listening on the podcast, Give us a five-star review or whatever review you feel is justified if we're going to read the best ones on the show and we're going to give some prizes to one of the really funny or really creative ones. So kind of get us there on that. So Rohan, your story was absolutely incredible and we have to start in the most important place. Jimmy Butler practicing latte art. That's right. Yeah. I believe his exact words for me were, that shit's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I asked him if he'd consider that his off-season project. He said yes. You know, he was like, you got to pour it from a certain angle, a certain height. Um, you know, latte art's no joke. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he takes it as seriously as he takes everything else, though. So I'm, I'm kind of willing to bet that he's a perfectionist about it. I bet he's probably pretty far along in latte art, if I had to guess. But, yeah, he was... He was serious about it. He brought up the latte art to me. I didn't ask him, you know, he was like, Oh, so he volunteered that. He yeah. Was he was like my, my newest thing. I've been practicing my latte art. Um, so yeah, he was excited about it. I just got an espresso machine, like a legit. Oh, wow, the wealth. Okay. Well, I mean, it's not like a super high, but it, you know, I got one where I could, I could, you know, grind the bean, the whole thing, but uh, the latte art, thing, I, can't, I can't figure out. I'm like Max Truss when I'm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Back stress. Um, yeah, like I, I, Brass, are you speaking? I said I'm kidding, Max. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, to me, Rohan, that was that was like that was probably like I mean, you had a lot of really funny parts, but I mean, to me, the idea, the visual of Jimmy Butler very carefully kind of drawing a Heat logo <laughs> in latte uh, on the foam is just delightful. He's great. Did you, I, did you do any digging to find out what beans? I know they're from Brazil. 
but you know, did you did you try to get more details? And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to let you. I know. I mean, obviously, he you know he's springing for the single origin stuff, which is great. I know that him and his trainer are working on acquiring, sourcing his own beans, and I believe they revealed on the jump recently that they got their first shipment in of big face coffee beans, single origin beans from Brazil that are just for him. I don't know when, if, when those they're planning to, to mass market that at any point, but um, you know, I, I, I know that they're, they're working hard on, on sourcing their own, making their own uh, inroads into that industry. So that, Rohan, I can tell you on the bean front. This is like, I, I feel like Jimmy Butler did this as a bit and it just kind of took a life of its own. Yeah, well, it and definitely now- took a life of its own. I mean, he's like, he definitely was obsessed with coffee and it, it, he was telling me like he would love being in Europe because a lot of people wouldn't recognize him as a, um, basketball player and he would just talk to people in cafes or you know what kind of milk do you like in your coffee and you know uh talk to people for a long time so his trainer said he used to drink like the can i curse on here can i curse on yes of course you could curse on here his trainer basically said like jimmy used to drink the shittiest coffee and like you know lots of cream lots of sugar um and was one of those people his trainer was like dude you can't do this if you you know want to be one of those people that's serious about your body. So of course, Jimmy, like that's the, probably the, the best way to get to him. And yeah. And that just made him obsessive about it. So, um, I, he, he's really into it. And then I, I, the coffee thing started because he wanted to make his own coffee for himself in the bubble. You know, he'd gotten so used to having certain cups or whatever. And then, yeah, I, it is crazy how it went from a bit to what it is now. And for a bit, like if Jimmy were to open a big face coffee shop in Wynwood, that shit would eclipse Panther Coffee. It would just be the place. Oh, it'd be huge. He was like, he told me, he was like, I really, he's like, I started laughing because he was telling me about something. He's like, he's like, you laugh, but I'm serious about this. He's like, I'm telling you, man. He's like, he's like, it's elite coffee making is what he, is what he said. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's just delightful that this guy goes in the NBA finals, plays at a LeBron-esque level while defending LeBron and he has this fucking coffee business on the side that started as a bit and now it's serious and he's like taking coffee seriously doing a lot of time. It's just delightful. Um, if you if you haven't read it, please read it on SI.com. Uh, it's, is it SINow.com? What is SI? Is it just, just SI.com? SI. Just yeah, I was like, this, listen, it's gone through many iterations. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's a great piece. The Goran stuff I really like too. Like, I love their relationship. I think it's... I don't know. It's so it makes me very happy. I, I don't know how you feel about Goron. I want Goron to retire here. I want Goron's jersey to get retired. I told him that. I mentioned that to him. One of my favorite heat point guards ever. I mean, I, I'm not old enough to remember Timmy, but I mean for me, he's he's it, man. Like that guy is great. So like their friendship is it, they're kind of like an odd couple. It almost reminds me of Tobias Harris and, and um Boban, yeah. Yeah, and Boban. Like it's you know what I mean? Like they're they're just so yin and yang, but it's really like can you talk a little bit about their friendship? I did, you know. Let me try to find a, a quote for you because I asked him, I was like, Did you expect to make a friend as good as Jimmy Butler? Um, and he was like, You know what? No, I didn't. You know, he's like, We don't come from the same culture, you know, he's a more of a calm guy, or I'm more of a calm guy, he's the opposite. Um, you know. I I think it shocked him. He was like, I'm older in my career. Like you just, you don't expect that. Like, I think he was always open to the idea of Jimmy being a great teammate and didn't have like a, obviously like everyone he'd heard the the stories or whatever. So I'm sure he had some perceptions, but I think he was, he was open to the idea of being a good teammate with him. I don't think he was ready for them to become as good friends as they did. Um, 
I, I've heard from people close to Jimmy, like Jimmy will go to Slovenia at some point, like in the next two years. Like he, he really wants to go there just to like see where Goran is from, uh, hang out with Goran there. Like that's the kind that's so of friendship cool. they have uh, there. And definitely, I think unexpected on both ends. And the like business the, part the quote, there. That's that? beautiful. That he he's is. the ambassador for big face coffee now. That's just <laughs> global synergy. You gotta love it. Uh, the the quote that I love is Jimmy just like say yeah I'm, I'm gonna I'm Gordon I'm gonna I know where you live I'm gonna beat you up if you don't come back to the heat yeah. like, without any said like without right he said it without any smile or anything. Well, I, you know Gordon I asked both of them that story and like Gordon was laughing and you know and I asked Jimmy and he was like he's like you know he's like geez my guy like you know I really like him like he's like I get to play with them for two more years I'm excited but I told him I was like gee. I'll punch you in your head. <laughs> I don't think he was joking. I genuinely don't think he was joking. Funny because that's exactly what Alf said to Gianni. Yeah. He came back to us. He- I mean, but the, the, the threats of Alf, Alf threatens me with violence all the time. That's why Alf, that's how Alf made it back with violence. I, Ron, the, the other thing I really liked about the story um, is kind of, the the Eric Spolster quote where he kind of talks about how Jimmy's the most in, like he's like the most interesting man in the world in the Dos Equis commercials like he's so you know he starts in Minnesota right he has a start in Chicago and then the whole Minnesota thing I think where his stardom really became something else he was a really good player in Chicago but I think he became more of just a basketball name uh, he became kind of a mm-hmm. sports name with the whole Minnesota saga and kind of a player of his profile kind of doing that in the pride the the uh, the did you ask him about the practice. I did not. I did not. I just thought that there was, you know, well covered ground and uh, yeah, nothing, nothing really took me there. I I thought if it had come up, uh, maybe he joked about it at one point when he was telling me about, um, you know, he was telling me like my biggest lesson was how much the young guys on this team really looked to me to set the, the attitude and how much they fed off, you know, the energy I brought to practice every day. So if I was having a bad day, like I had to make sure like my attitude was right. And he's like, you know, there are moments when I'm quiet where I can see them wondering, like, is he going to snap? And he's like, that's probably because of what happened in Minnesota and like what they've heard. And the school they've heard. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I just, I thought that was, that was well covered ground. So it wasn't of my interest, but I do think that, uh, you know, I think that he, in Miami, he's been, you know, acutely aware of just, how much everyone kind of looks to, to him to bring the energy. Well, I love, like, I love some of the, the, the interaction uh, that you've mentioned in the article uh, about Duncan, who, mm-hmm. when, when I think that's my favorite anecdote. Yeah. When Jimmy got there, you know, he didn't really know anything about this guy. Um, and how just, I think his confidence, you know, where he come out and just, you know, hit, you know, hit a, hit a, hit a three. And I thought it was Duncan. It, Duncan has such great self-awareness when he was like, you know, I'm going to be Jimmy probably didn't know who I was like (laughs) at that point he played less than 200 minutes. Um, and yeah, he's like, Jimmy probably didn't know who I was. Like, I don't blame him. And I, cause I was asking, I was like, you know, did you ever let Jimmy hear it? Because I, you know, I heard at this point that Jimmy on, you know, first day was talking shit to the players. I think talking shit to the coaches, like anyone who was in earshot was like getting it from Jimmy. And this is like the first five on five. Right. And so I asked Duncan, I was like, did you ever let Jimmy here? And he's like, yeah, first practice, like he went under a screen. And I told him, like, don't go under. And he's like, I didn't say it like that, but I, you know, I made it clear. And Duncan was like, listen, like, you know, he got the better of me many more times. <laughs> like, he let, <laughs> he let me hear it. But I think, I think that Jimmy really respected that. And, you know, it's genuine. That was what I, I really took away from it. You know, when Duncan was telling me what happened during the finals, he's like, I had, 
felt like I'd let the team down. I felt like I'd let Jimmy down. Like uh, something I think everyone noticed was how much Jimmy was putting into it. And I think Jimmy knows deep down and he's not the guy to kind of got to talk about it, but guys were like inspired by the, the way he was leaving it all out there. And uh, I think Duncan probably felt to an extent, like I'm letting Jimmy down. They need more from me. And he's like, you know, Jimmy and I, we chopped it up, but like for an hour, we weren't even talking about basketball. He's asking me like, you know, how I was doing, you know, all this other stuff. And I think Jimmy had to know that like the way to get Duncan back on track was to make him not think about basketball. I mean, I felt like I was disappointing Jimmy at home watching that right. finals yes. I mean, like, I'm just like, I got to be better. I, after every, I went into that post-game stream after the games and I was like, I looked myself in the mirror and I was like, I need to be great because Jimmy was great. Um, who gave you the best stuff? Not not aside from Jimmy. Like, was there any player that you thought like really gave you the best stuff? Because I know that these kinds of interviews, or not player, just anybody in general, these kinds of interviews, you're talking to so many people, getting so many kind of principles. Was there anybody in particular that you just loved everything that they gave you? I mean, I really thought everyone hit it out of the park. Jimmy was awesome. I, this is the probably the easiest story I've ever had to write, just because Jimmy is so quotable, like from the jump, like dropping MF bombs, like everything, like great like he was great you can't ask for a better interview than jimmy like goran was awesome like goran is like the the most polite like most adorable this is true okay yes it is goran dragic calls me and i know it's him because we've you know we've set a time with the with the heats pr staff i know i know who it is i answer the phone i'm like hey this is rohan with sports illustrated and he gets he goes hey in a very thick Slovenian accent, of course, he goes, hi, this is Goran Drakic with the Miami Heat. Okay. Nice to meet you. Um, uh, so, yeah, like he's like the most uh, helpful person. Duncan uh, was great. Duncan told me about Jimmy coming to his hotel room. <clears throat> Spo was awesome. Spo was in a great mood. And uh, Spo, like what was funny was when I talked to him was, you know, when he brought up that most interesting guy in the world thing, the question I had asked Spo was, Jimmy told me you guys are friends. And I, I, something that stuck out to me from the bubble that I don't think people talk about a lot was that moment when Jimmy's wearing Spo's jersey and, you know, they're all celebrating. You don't see videos of coaches celebrating with their players ever, right? Or at least head coaches, you know, you don't see yeah. Frank Vogel um, after a playoff game hanging out with LeBron, right? You don't see Mike Malone hanging out with Nicole Jokic. I'm not saying those – Mike Malone has a great relationship with his players, but it's just not what Spo and Jimmy have necessarily. So I asked Spo, I told him, Jimmy told me he considers you a friend. I don't – I'm obviously not going to ask for details about your friendship, but I've heard from many guys over the years, right, whether it was you, you know, inviting Dion over to your house for dinner um, you know, the, the relationships you have with Dwayne UD, why do you have a friendship with Jimmy? And I think what they relate on is like, they both have an intellectual, just curiosity about things outside of the sport. And I think Spo, he's like, he's like, you can ask Jimmy a question and he's experienced it, or he knows someone who has, or can tell you a story about it. And I think that they, they love that about each other, that they can talk about all these things outside of basketball. And, you know, they both, I think, just collectively probably have so many stories uh, that they really enjoy telling each other. I mean, I think he kind of takes after Dwayne in that sense, because I think Dwayne had a legitimate friendship with, with Spo as well. So great question, because I asked Dwayne Wade about this. And, you know, I asked Dwayne Wade a lot of stuff, obviously. And, I, you know, Dwayne was not in the story as much as I would have liked him to be. Um, 
And I asked Dwayne, I told him, I was like, when you and Spo argued in Indy that one time, I was like watching your parents fight. So I'm glad to hear that you guys are friends. And he, he told me, <laughs> you know, he told me, he's like, I think what Spo took away from like early in the big three was he was under so much pressure that he didn't allow himself to have kind of the relationships maybe he wanted with myself, with Chris, with, you know, Udonis even. And, you know, Dwayne was like, I think he's learned that over, you know, the course of his career, he's can allow himself to have those relationships. He can be more of who he is. Uh, this is me kind of just reading the tea leaves here about Spo, but I don't think Spo and Pat are motivated the same way. They're both very competitive. They both want to win, but I don't think Spo deep down would tell you it's winning or misery. I think Spo loves the process. He loves developing guys. Uh, he loves the surprise seasons. He loved this run and what it meant. Um, I, I would, I would bet you deep down, if you gave him truth serum, if I really had to speculate that this was probably the m most satisfying season of Spo's career in some ways. Mm -hmm. And you saw the emotion that he had, or the connection that he had with this group. And I think he's really allowed himself to connect with players in the way that, that he wants to in a way that I don't think, you know, Pat Riley did when he, when he was at the, at the height of his power, so to speak. So that I thought was a, a really just kind of touching aspect of the story, a story I'd, I'd hope to tell more so about Spo one day um, that didn't really have time to get into, but I thought that was really interesting. I think that's funny that you say that because Pat is oftentimes associated with almost like a boot camp esque personality but, you know, you hear Lebetard kind of do profile him and do long form interviews. Pat's a softy. You know I what I mean? He's like become a softy. I think he's become a softy now that he's not in the day to day grind and he's older and he has grandkids. I think he's become a softy. But I think Spo is, is more naturally like that now. I mean, I've heard Spo Even when Lebetard talks about Pat Riley, even to this day, he, he emphasizes the greed above all else, you know, the like relentless pursuit of the end goal. So I thought that was really interesting to hear you say, Rohan, like the putting to words something that I guess um, you can kind of sense as a fan that like Spo is really interested in the process. And I'm kind of getting giddy, you kind of hinting at wanting to like dive deeper into Spo specifically. Would love to read a Rohan Spo. I appreciate that. That one, that one, listen, man, I would love to do that. I, um, He's a very <laughs> private guy. I, I don't I don't know how much luck I'd have with that one. But yeah, here, I pulled up this this uh, Dwayne quote, and I think this is really interesting. Um, I asked him, he's like, you know, he's like, I think we're all in a different place in life right now. Understand when, when he came around, he was the video coordinator. Then he became the head coach. And when he, Dwayne told me, he's like, when you're an assistant coach, you can kind of cross certain lines with players that you can't when you're a head coach. And he said, you know, I think that when he became a head coach, we were both trying to establish ourselves as leaders. So early on, we butted heads a little bit. Um, and we didn't have as much open communication as he thought we should have had. Um, and he's like, I don't think we're best friends now, but like, yeah, we're absolutely friends. And I think he said, this is what he said. When I went to Chicago, we started talking more often. I think that our friendship started even more so there. Um, and yeah, I thought that was, you know, really interesting that, you know, something Jimmy told me was like, Spo would ask him like, Hey, are you journaling every night? You know, did you, what wine did you drink last night? Like, are you doing okay mentally? Uh, I think checking in with him on that level really resonated uh, with Jimmy. I, I would Common. love to do a Spo story. I have so many great Spo stories from 
uh, you know, whether it's Duncan or Dwayne or even Rodney Magruder, uh, I bet I could probably get more stuff from uh, those guys than uh, Spo himself. So maybe that that's the way in. But yeah, I, I'm fascinated by the way that he connects with players. It's very modern. I guess is the way I'd put it. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, and with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore, Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly. So you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short-term list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try it with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is finally over. Football is back. And you might not be at the game this year, but you will be on in the action with Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you the most options to wager than anyone else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head over to Bet Online today and take advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Did you get anything about, so I know that um, Solomon Hill, when he came on the podcast a couple of times with us. By the way, that, by the way. Great yes. get for you guys. That was awesome. Like very cool. That was a very fun show. Solomon Hill seems like an awesome guy. I would have loved if he stayed on the team. Fan for life. Yeah. I so, I, I I fan for life. Like that dude is awesome. What I a, what a if he stayed smart, on the thoughtful, great yeah, human. Twitter's dude. awesome. Like he's like always talking about great stuff on there. Really cool dude. Oh, I was I was we were destroyed when the hawk signing happened. Oh. Just, I was like, no. Yeah. Hawksbeat, baby. We've talked about it before. I'm starting Hawksbeat. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, Solomon kind of told us that there would be some parties after games. They would they would go down. It'd be Myers. It'd be Goron. It'd be Jimmy. Kind of pounding the Michelobes or whatever. Uh, did, do you have anything about about stories from from those? Because I think the bubble was kind of, you know, in a lot of ways it was really tough for players. But also it's it's you know with all you know Malika Andrews' reporting and writing has been so interesting throughout the bubble and, and kind of like the weird kind of social camaraderie situations that it kind of birthed, I think are interesting. So I'm wondering if you have anything from that. Yeah. You know, I asked less about like the specific, you know, what would you do after games? But I, the mood I got from Jimmy just watching from afar that he kind of enjoyed it. And that's what I asked him about. And I think that he actually had a good time in the bubble. Like I think 
if they were doing a bubble again, I think he would be one of the first people that's like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I'm, like he loves that environment where there's like no distractions. And it is just like, I get to hang out with people. What I really took away was just how committed he was to lifting everyone's spirits. Like I asked him about the jerseys and he really would not. He's like, I'm not telling you how I got him. He's like, just know that I have them. But he was like, he's like, I just wanted, he's like, I wanted to show these guys, like we can have fun doing this. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, so I, I thought that was interesting. Like he wanted it to be a good time. I think he was committed to, for himself to enjoy this experience. Um, and, and that was kind of what I took away from him. I'll, I'll see if I can find it uh, in my notes, but that was one thing that he said. He was like, I just wanted to show guys, like, as long as we do our jobs, like this can be fun. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, deathly serious the whole time, even though as much of a competitor I am, like, you know, and that was, uh, that was interesting to me. Do you think that, so he, do you think that like the, the, the quotes about, um, you know, I'm here on a business trip. Like, is that, that's not a bit right. That's him being dead serious. Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. Bro, bro. That's crazy. I, yeah. I mean, listen, it's not that, you know, I talked to people close to Jimmy, I'm saying it's not that I think he thought like, you know, his family was going to be a distraction or whatever, but I just think it came down to him realizing the opportunity he had. If I really had to, I think, drive it down and guess just based on my conversations, like I didn't ask him this, but the impression I get is like, you know, Dwayne told me, he's like, Jimmy would tell me like, I want what you have. I want to be great. I want to be remembered as one of the greats. Like, and I think that he saw the bubble as his opportunity for that. Like, and he, he seized it. And I think that he just, he wanted to give his entire self to, what was happening there. And, and that's what he did. And, and we saw the results, right? So I, I, that is, that is what I saw from that. It was less about like him being like a nut job, more like I want to give my entire self to this. What can you tell us about his relationship with Dwayne? Cause we've talked about his relationship with Spo and, and Goron. And I think not only is he the bridge from Dwayne to Bam, uh, but just kind of, I feel like they're cut from the same cloth, but also totally different cloth. I think it's, I think it's a fascinating dynamic. It is funny. Cause I, you know, I think Dwayne, while obviously like a hard worker incredibly in his own right, like he's not known for being like maniacal about stuff in the way yeah. that Jimmy is. But I do think Dwayne at his height was a competitor. And, you know, I think he realized outside of Miami, how much he liked that environment. he liked that ability to speak freely, speak his mind. And, I think that is really what they, I mean, you remember that whole blow up where they had with the bulls where, you know, they got fined, et cetera. And, and Dwayne mentioned that to me a little bit, but I think where they really connected was they're the kind of people who in the heat of the moment want to be able to speak their minds. We used to see Dwayne and LeBron argue with each other in the middle of the finals game. Uh, he argued with Spo in the middle of a playoff game. So I think that, um, I, I think that's really where they, they resonated. Uh, and, you know, I, I do think the Marquette thing is real, um, but yeah, that, that was, I think what started in the, in the conversation I had for this story, at least was, you know, that was what they really connected at was, uh, you know, be, being open that, that communication. And I think Jimmy probably looks up to Dwayne a little bit is the vibe I got, you know, that Jimmy telling Dwayne, I want what you have. I want to be remembered for greatness. I think that he, he definitely saw the way, you know, the adulation Dwayne had in his career. And I think Jimmy was like, I, I want that to an extent. Do you think Jimmy knew that he had that in him in the finals? Like, I know that these people are supremely confident, you know, almost 
delusional in, in with their abilities. They have to be right to reach these like <laughs> these unspeakable peaks of being the top 1% of the top 1% of anybody who's touched the basketball. But like, I wonder if, if you feel like even he was surprised that, you know, he was putting up not, I, I even think saying, I think we often over overuse the word historic numbers, right? Especially with our, mm-hmm. you know, pace inflation and all, I mean, legitimately a historic performance that, and I said this at the time, like, you know, you make it to a conference finals. That's a cute story. Utah's done it a bunch. You do what he did in the finals. That shit lives in eons. That's the kind of stuff that you tell kids that forms sports fandom and like sports identity like that. That's the kind of play he had. I'll read you the question I asked Jimmy Butler about this and then I'll read you his answer. Okay. Okay. So I said, you don't strike me as someone who's satisfied after seasons or who, you know, is going to reflect on everything. But I also don't think LeBron has been challenged that particular way in a final series. Um, You know, the Warriors were way better. Like the thing with Durant was different. Like he never had a guy at his position. So I was like doing what you were doing on one end of the floor, you know, putting up triple doubles, guarding him on the other end. I was like, did that mean something to you? I'm sure you always knew you could do do it, but did it mean something to you that you finally had a chance to do that on that stage against the competition you're going up against? Okay. That's the question I asked you. He said, honestly, no. (laughs) 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 And then he said, I know what type of player I am. I know what I can do. All of that was just for waste. We didn't win. He's like, at the end of the day, the highlights are there. The trophy and the ring isn't. For fucking lifer. I, I have um, a question about, uh, I guess, circling back to the Wade relationship. This is something we've talked Who, about. You know how you're in Spain right now? Like, why are you? <laughs> He's investigating you, Spain pick and rolls, bro. Why are you investigating the Spain pick and roll? Do you, you have an update? Do you have an update on that? On the Spain pick and roll? Yeah. Well, they do the pick and then they okay. do the roll, but it's in Spanish. Okay. My question um, is, why are you doing a podcast when you can be like, you know, maybe a siesta, maybe like a bocarones toast, maybe some like patatas <laughs> bravas, like some gambas a la heel. Like, what are you doing here, man? Like, enjoy yourself. I mean, it's 2 a.m. There's not much to do right <laughs> now. Right. There's an 11 p.m. curfew. Also a so. worldwide I, I couldn't. Go ahead, Brass. Also a worldwide pandemic. That's yeah. true, but you know, <laughs> it, it better in other parts of the world, from what I've heard, from what I've seen. On yeah, the news. I'm not allowed to leave my apartment after 11 p.m. So I see. All I'm saying, like, I'm let's here. do a tapas podcast next time, not to like stereotype and say Spain is all tapas. I get it. Let's but, do it. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, listen, I, I will, before Jack gets to his question, I love Foodie Ron. I, I yeah. love, I love. Okay, how about also before Jack gets to his question, or why don't you start saying <laughs> question? I'm going to adjust lighting in my apartment so I'm brighter, but I will listen to your question as you ask it. Okay, good. Gotcha. Go, brass. Slide I mean, awkwardly so leaving the screen. I, no, I just, I will. I just want to make sure that Jack understood that he said topless and not a topless podcast. Yeah. Oh. There was a little lag. Okay, I mean if that's we, fine. If, too. if we reach a sub goal, maybe we'll do it. There we go. Okay. I'm a little brighter now, huh? There we go. Yes. There it is. Something we've glow, talked about glowing. on the pot podcast before is um the relationship potentially between wade and jimmy um, like kind of lamenting that wade retired when he did because he couldn't be a part of these great teams but then kind of weighing that against the potential um i guess maybe a leadership conflict there because it's so certain now that it's a jimmy bam team and anytime wade is on the heat he's it's Dwayne wade's team 
Do you feel like there would have been that kind of conflict there? Or how do you, do you get an impression from Dwayne that he wishes he could have been a part of these teams? Or do you feel like he doesn't have any regrets about that? Or I think he might joke about it uh, here and there. I don't think Dwayne Wade wants to go through the rigors of an NBA season. I don't think he, like at any point this year, felt like he missed out. Um, I remember I interviewed him in the middle of the season and I was like joking with him. I was like, how excited I was like, you know, he talked about in that interview, like how ready he, like how hard he was trying to move on from his NBA career. But like everyone would ask him, Hey, are you going to play with LeBron in LA? Like, are you, do you miss the game? And I did ask Chris Paul once I did ask Chris Paul once, do you think Dwayne misses it? And he's like, I think he misses a little bit just because of how good he was playing in his last season. But you know, knowing you can still play and wanting to go through all of it are two different things. And, you know, I think Dwayne, I asked him, I was like, your jersey's getting retired soon. Are you excited about, you know, reliving your career? Or is it weird because you're trying so hard to move on? And I think he was honest. He was like, it's a little strange because I'm, you know, I'm trying so hard to put this part of my life behind me. Like I have so much more life to live. He has a young daughter, et cetera. So I think in terms of Dwayne, I, I don't think he, I don't think he regrets like not being a part of this. Like, you know, imagine him going to the bubble, like being away from his, you know, his two, two daughters, daughters. Uh, for so long. I mean, his, his kids are like all going through important phases in their life right now. So I think that, uh, I don't, I don't think that he would regrets it. And I also think that the fact that he was willing to come off that bench, off the bench that last year, I think he would have recognized that like this was Jimmy's team. I think he recognizes what they have in Bam. And I don't think that he would have, you know, he was even telling me. So I asked Dwayne, I was like, we were joking. So I told him, I was like, before we start, I think it's hilarious that you think that you were stressed out as a fan because you have no idea how stressed out we were when you were playing. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, it's tough when you can't control it. And I was like, you know, I, yeah, I, you said during the thing you were texting guys and he even told me, he's like, I don't want to be the old guy that's like telling a guy like Tyler or telling a guy like Duncan what to do. He's like, I didn't even play with Tyler, but you know, they respect me. So I try to help them out a little bit, but you know, I think that he's very self-aware that he doesn't want to be the guy that's telling everyone what to do. And I think that if he were on the team, he would have recognized that role. I asked him about texting Jimmy and he was like, he's like, you know, imagine if you were, you got to text your favorite player while they were in the playoffs. Like I tell Jimmy, like, I thought you played like shit. Um, right? tell him, like, okay. Hey man. Why are you passing? Why are you passing out when you're under the rim? Exactly. Like, Hey man, you found something. That's what you have to do now. So I, I think that he, um, I think that he under he would have understood his role no matter what it ended up being. And I think that he was cognizant of that, even as just like a fan who had access to the team, like, he didn't want to overload this guys as like the old guy. He just wanted to be there for them. That's awesome. I, I for one am in on this friendship. So I want to ask you, cause I want to get to some, uh, so by the way, if you are, uh, if you are interested in kind of getting in the conversation with some guests, join our discord server. The link is in the description of this YouTube video. It's also in the info section of our Twitch page. And it's also will be in the description of the podcast. If you're listening there and you want to get in on the action. So we're going to ask Rohan, uh, some listener questions in a second. I do want to ask, it's what in, my, it's in like, my contract that I can't answer. Really. You can't. I mean, it's pretty harmless stuff. It's, 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 it's you know, they're all there. I, I picked the good ones. All right. All right. Uh, no, they're all good. Our Discord. What do you got, Brass? I do, have, I do have one question about the article. So, you know, because I know you've got to ask a lot of stuff. You don't know what makes a cut. Was there ever any mention um, from Jimmy about 
or um, did you did you ask him about like the, there's this uh, there's this annoying narrative that I've seen uh, televised so much when they bring up the Heat and their expectation for this year, and they like to frame that that finals run was fluky and like well it's the right place at the right time and yeah and they're just kind of built for that but like really there's all those factors and you know their team is built for that but like in a regular situation regular season it wouldn't be much of a thing i I wasn't sure if, if jimmy mentioned that because i like to think that that every time jimmy hears that he gets stronger um because that would really supremely piss me off if I were Jimmy Butler. So I didn't want to ask about the fluke thing directly. Cause I was like, I know they're going to get asked about that in training camp. Right. But here's what I'll tell you guys. Um, you know, so I know, uh, you know, some people around Jimmy that obviously that's how we kind of set up the story. And, um, those people know I'm a heat fan. And I, I think I might've been wearing a Miami heat hat during my interview with Jimmy. Don't tell anyone. Um, and I mentioned to him, I was like, listen, I'm just going to be honest. Like I'm a heat fan. That finals run was awesome. That was my, I told him that was my favorite season. That was my favorite season. That and 0809 D Wade, my two favorite years still. And, um, you know, we were talking at the end and he has that quote in the story, right? He's like, uh, you know, I see what everyone else is doing. Don't scare me none. Like, you know, I know as a team, we're not scared. And I told him, I was like, I got to be honest. It scares me a little bit. And he just said, it shouldn't. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I think that he, um, I, I'm sure he's heard it, but I, I can tell you, like, we, like, I wouldn't say we had a conversation, but like he said some brief things at like the end of our interview, he's very confident. He's very, very confident. And I bet that the, the, the narrative is only emboldening his confidence uh, from what, from what I could gather. But I, I was like, it scares me a little bit. He's like, it shouldn't. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it. That's so badass that you just get to tell that, listen, that was awesome. I'm a Heat fan. That shit was great. Yeah, I was like, that was the um, hell, man. Yeah. I can, I think so. so by the way, thank you to Gabriel uh, for the tier one sub. That means Jack has to now chug oh, a glass Gabriel, of wine. Let's go, baby. Which I think that Jack is now going to chug his glass of wine because, oh, you know, Gabriel, we are, let's go, Jack. We are people of our words. Oh, wow. That was, wow. That was impressive. Good job. Sub, baby. Wow. Thanks for the sub. Look at that. We got a little show. Um, all right. I want to know what was left on the cutting room floor because those are typically some of my favorite kinds of stories that you're just like, I really wanted to work this in, but I couldn't justify the angle. Those are usually the best ones. Oh, gosh. Let's see. I feel like I've dropped a lot in here. Let me try to look through my notes and see if there's anything. Um, man, I mean, there. I mean, I feel like most of what I've even talked about on here, the quotes I've read are all stuff that I, I couldn't have gotten in. Um, we're we're, we're ringing you dry. You really are. I, I, you know, I've given you a lot of stuff. I mean, fact, did AD because you wrote a you a wrote little, an Anthony Davis story? Did AD offend, mention anything about Jimmy? A little offended, frankly, that um, you know, you've asked me for more stuff after how long we've been potting this whole time. That's a Dan Lebetard school of interview. You just <laughs> kind of, <laughs> I learned from the best. Um, I, I did think it was very interesting when he said, you know, I know what type of player I am, and uh, oh, here's something. You know, we joked about it at the end. He said, I got something up my sleeve. And I was like, you know, I'm expecting you to come back, start shooting threes like Steph or something. Um, and he was like, just wait, man. I'm telling you, I got something up my sleeve. I, I, another thing that was funny was something that you don't really, that doesn't really come across in the interview. But, you know, when I asked him that question, 
I was explaining to him kind of my premise, right? And I was like, I think that uh, for a long time, people thought you were this bad guy, but now you're a good guy. And like, I wrote this story about how you won the bubble and it was so popular. Every time I asked him a question, he had this look on his face that he knew what the point I was trying to make. And then his, and then he started like smirking because he knew his answer was like going to blow up whatever story I was trying to tell. And I thought that was really content machine. Yes. Some things that actually didn't make the story. I, I, I could pull up the quotes, but I asked, I asked Duncan and I asked Goran, I was like, are you happy that the narrative is changing? And both of them were like very pleased about that. I will say that like, I was like, what do you guys think about the idea that like people like him now? And they both were like, I, you know, excited to see him get the praise that he hasn't been getting for the years, uh, you know, in Minnesota and Philadelphia, because I think he genuinely meant that much to both of them. And they both, they both mentioned that to me. And it was, that was something that I wanted to work in, but they both mentioned to me how they were really happy that people are kind of just looking at him in a different light. I mean, the engagement I got on this story was crazy. And I think that that kind of speaks to just the way people feel about Jimmy now is way different than they ever did before. So Jack talked a little bit about this yesterday and he was like, you know, when, when Rohan wrote the Dwayne Wade piece, you know, Rohan, you're so good that everything had been written about Dwayne at that point and you somehow broke new ground. Jimmy was a, a, a such a different experience because nobody's really profiled Jimmy this way, right? Like you really got, and especially, you know, fresh off of his kind of rise to, to stardom. So that must have been kind of, that's why you said it, it was it was kind of an easier story in that sense because he's so damn quotable. Yeah, I mean, that that was really the best part is just when you have someone who is like willing and engaged and like ready to have fun. And like, that's just the kind of, I think, person he is. I don't think that he can like turn it on and off. Like that's just, he just he just exists as, as Jimmy Butler at all times. Yo, by the way, shout out to Riz McGill who joined Twitch just for you, Rohan. How about that? Yo, Riz, what's up, bro? Shout out to Coral Springs, baby. I love I love how like South Florida you are. Like that shit makes me so happy. When I'm like you, Sedano, like Nikias, yo, Leif is being referenced on Zach Lowe. Like Zach Lowe's talking about Leif's reporting. I love like Miami is out here full force. South Florida. Hi, man. Yeah. Shout out Broward County. Shout out to the Publix on Lakeview and Coral Ridge. Uh, Larry's oh, did you ask Jimmy Buller about pub subs? Because huh? I know that you were asking players about pub subs at one point. I haven't asked player to, players about pub subs in a long time. I got to bring that back. It's a little bit harder out in like LA and stuff, but I got to bring that back. I love the part of the story where Jimmy's like, I got to be honest with you, I've never read any of your stories. Yeah. That was, uh, that was just great. I've, I've, Is that, that's how he opened? That was like close to the jump. That was close to the jump. That was very close to the beginning. It's just great. I just, I loved it. All right. So before, before we let you go, I want to ask a couple questions from our discord. Uh, and by the way, join our discord. If you want to kind of ask or get kind of get in on the conversation, how many it's Twitch, it's discord, it's YouTube, it's a podcast. Friendster, uh, you know, what else? Uh, Facebook. What else? I see, we got? I see. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm just, we're, I'm we're, such we're, a boomer that I don't know all these things, but that's good. I feel like a boomer too. We had a, uh, our Brian M, our mod here kind of made all this happen. I don't know. I don't use discord. Brian, I don't I use Twitter and that's it. I use Twitter and Instagram. Instagram. That's all I know how to use. Um, okay, so uh, Karmic Karmic Beat asks, how has the pandemic impacted your writing process? I know you talked, you even mentioned at the top of the article that it was done through Zoom, the interviews. That's right. You know, it's been, it's definitely tricky. You, you want, you just pick up so much on 
body language or tone in a way that you don't even over zoom. Um, so that's been tricky. I've been very fortunate. Like, uh, teams have been very accommodating. Like the heat were great. Um, not only the pandemic, but trying to do this, uh, in a short off season, close to Thanksgiving, uh, you know, people really generous with their time. I, it's a little bit harder just, you know, trying to make stuff happen over the phone. It's harder to kind of make that genuine connection with people to think you're getting good stuff out of them. But I've, I have no complaints. Like people have been really uh, generous with their time and uh, you know, we're making the most of it. Hopefully when you read the stories, you're not thinking like, Oh man, like you can tell this guy uh, did all these interviews over the phone. Like hopefully we're still, uh, we're still, you can't, that's the amazing thing. Cause like when, when you drop the story and I start, you know, and I, I was reading it, I didn't even think we're in a pandemic. How did he do this? Right. I'm just like, Oh, cool. Jimmy Butler, you know, Rohan, uh, I'm in, I'm, I'm 100% in on this. And then you mentioned that, that it's through zoom in the, in the article, which is just kind of super 2020 that you can yeah, mention. That was, some, that was fun to get zoom in a sports illustrated magazine. So that's cool. Like it's just, yeah. so twenty. I love how, you know, so Heapy has been using Zoom for a long time and Brass has always been right. me. What's funny is like Zoom blew up this year, but like people who've done podcasts and stuff like that, I think have used it for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Brass loves Heapy history lessons here on the pods. <laughs> but yeah, we've, we, we've been, we've been Zoom, uh, we've been Zoom day oneers. Uh, okay. So last, well, la- last question. So drill breaker asks, how often do you begin the, the, how often do you begin the fact finding? I was very to God's of me. How often do you begin the fact finding process on stories and decide to scrap the idea? Or do you have a clear structure on what you need to work on when that doesn't happen? First of all, shout out to these great journalism questions. Like, wow, this is so fun. No one asked me about my job ever. This is <laughs> I'm like humbled. I'm, I'm impressed that anyone would, would care about this. That's very interesting there. It's less fact finding and more uh, no, I guess you can call it fact finding. You know, I, I in a fortunate position where I'm not I'm not writing these overly serious stories or trying to uncover state secrets. It's more like, is there something interesting here? Uh, is there something interesting about this person? You start to look into it. And sometimes you find out like, nah, maybe this is not a story. Like maybe this guy's already talked about this. Um, uh, maybe this one thing that I thought could be... Uh, you know, fleshed out more is in fact, not actually as interesting as other people think. Sometimes what happens is uh, I'm, I think this is like, I have the most interesting idea in the world. And I talk to two people and they're like, I wouldn't want to read about that. So, what a move. you know, it's, it's less about me kind of going down a research hole, but more about having conversations with people trying to figure out like what's interesting to people. Um, and is there, is there in fact like a, a deeper level to this thing I'm interested in? I'm, I'm very fortunate that I, I follow just a lot of my own curiosities or I just do something very obvious and I'm like, Hey, this guy played really well in the NBA finals. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll see if I can get him on the phone. Sports Illustrated to kind of cover this entrepreneur slash NBA superstar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, so that kind of reminds me of one time that I was, I had a story idea. I like, no, I was very into Hassan Whiteside's rebounding and traffic numbers at a certain point in the Hassan Whiteside experience. And I, I scheduled something to talk to him. So in the locker room, I, I kind of asked him like, you know, kind of about the process of rebounding and traffic. And I just realized he's just tall. Like we talked for a little bit. He was super gracious. We talked and I was like, yep, not interesting. I didn't get anything. I walked out of the locker room and I was like, okay. Happens, happens to the best of us. That's Listen. it. I'll take another listener question or two if we got it. But if that those we have, we have, we have, a, we have a few. We didn't have. We kind of did this on on short notice. Uh, somebody's asking if you uh, the prices for big for big face coffee. If you know, still going to be twenty bucks for the first. Okay, I have a question. I have a good question. Take back off of that. Is this uh, 
not to call him out, but is, is, is this like legit or is this off the books or, you know, is he filing this stuff at the end of the year? I mean, what, what are we talking? I asked Solomon Hill and oh. Solomon Hill said that he's doing, it's all donations. Solomon Hill told us that it's donations. So it's not, he's not even charging and it's cash only. Hmm. Like That's what tax, I was told. Sounds like a tax fraud situation to me. Yeah. Money laundering of some sort. Uh, that could be my next story. Jimmy Butler money trying laundering. Trying to get our... I guarantee you that, that Jimmy will read the article at that point. Okay, could you so imagine last... if like uh, I wrote a story that like Jimmy Butler was doing tax evasion and like <laughs> the reason the Heat missed the finals? <laughs> you would be Dan killing the program. You know, the, the Pell right, Grant the story. The hurricane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You'd be you'd be the it'd be worse because it's Jimmy and we love him. Uh, so somebody's that so uh, Birdman on is asking with Jimmy having such an open personality with so many people. How did you get the time with him? Like, what was that process like? Uh, you know, we're very fortunate that we have like a good relationship with some people who work with Jimmy specifically about uh, his media appearances and his publicity. And so we had heard that Jimmy like would be like interested in doing something with Sports Illustrated, which is like always great. Um, and we're fortunate to really fortunate to have a magazine uh, that athletes, the best athletes in the world, whether it's LeBron James doing our sports person issue, Anthony Davis being on the cover, um, you know, people still want to be involved and that's awesome. You know, we love telling those stories. So when we heard like Jimmy would be open to it, um, you know, I, I pounced on that opportunity. I said, you know, let's make this work. Uh, and so, you know, he's been, Jimmy has been very gracious with this time with SI over the years. Lee Jenkins has done a story with him, Ben Golliver, Andrew Sharp. Uh, and my editor was joking. He's like, we could do a Jimmy story every year because he's just so interesting. So I'd be know, down. We're, we're lucky to be at a place where I think we have a good relationship with athletes and uh, do a good job of trying to tell good stories. That's you too, Ben. You do the best work out there. And I think that you're fun to talk to and you're, you're a good dude. And I think that that's a part of well, players I, like talking to you. I very much appreciate that. I wouldn't go that far. Um, but I appreciate it. We're your biggest fans. You're not, <laughs> we're going to shower you with love and adoration. Jimmy Butler does not want to be your hero. He's the most interesting man in the NBA, but when it comes to your interest, but when it comes to your interest and adoration says James Dwayne Wade, I'm like Stugat state. Jimmy Butler doesn't give a fuck. What's wrong. I don't read this poorly. What's with me. Need some big. I was trying to read to check out uh, Rohan's article on SI.com. Rohan and Cardi, a friend of the show. If you want more of Rohan, you could check out Locked On Heat. Rohan was on with David Ramil, our friend of the show as well. Uh, if you want kind of more in the article, David just does a much more professional job than we do. So check out David's that. Like the, David's like the adult version, I guess, of this show. Yeah. If you- Absolutely. Best Absolutely. Heat podcast out, Pat. Pat. But you're me. Listen, you have you've had wine though, so you have you you don't have an excuse. Best heat podcast out there. Locked on. Listen to it. Yeah. By the way, Ron Brian did not show up. He he was supposed to. Beautiful. Pick up the Sports Illustrated magazine if you haven't yet. There's Jimmy Butler, uh, full glory baby, the most interesting man in the NBA. Solid. I think eight pages in the magazine. Please pick up the magazine. That would make me happy. Are you gonna get a cake for that one too? I don't know that we're getting a cake for this one. Okay, I didn't get the cake made. A lot of people ask me when I had a Dwayne Wade cover. My friends put the cover on a cake and on a T-shirt. It was beautiful. It was very supportive and it was lovely. But I'm not so much of an egomaniac to put it on the cake and the T-shirt myself. It was a a very lovely and supportive gift. What kind of cake was it? I think it was chocolate. I think my favorite kind of cake. Are you a chocolate? How do you, what's your take on red velvet? I don't get it. I don't get the hype and I'm glad that the like red velvet trend is over. 
I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, it's 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 overrated. I think it's good for Christmas because of the color. Here's, yeah. But other than that, it's here's it's the thing with chocolate. cake. Here's the thing because some people are like pie. They lose their minds about pie, and I get it. Pie is good. Whatever. A problem with cake is a lot of people haven't had good cake, and if you yes. have a good moist chocolate cake that's not loaded up with sugary icing, and is an actual good slice of cake that is revelatory and it's like please like seek out a great cake once in your life and you'll understand why it is what it is have you been to fireman derrick's here in uh here in miami i have not so i'm it's really upsetting i don't get back to miami because my folks live in coral Springs, so i don't get back to miami itself as much as i want to and you're not uh, that far you're like 20 minutes away i know but it's just you know when you're at home it's like i want to go to Publix and you know hang out with my parents but um, I go to Publix literally every day when I'm home. I'm not smart. Oh, I listen. I'm in on going to the organic herb section at Publix and just so, taking my time, picking my yeah. parsley. It's great. So I need, but I, there's like a lot, a lot of Miami places that are. I literally have a huge list of places that I've been meaning to go to uh, in Miami. So hopefully, you know, once I get shot up, I can be back there uh, for the finals, and you know, we're all hanging out. Oh, that's gonna be yeah. great. Listen. I, I owe you a dinner. I'll take you to KYU. I don't know if you've been. I awesome. only I only eat at Prime One Twelve, but you can put it on. Oh, the- excuse me. Listen, <laughs> you can put it on the Heat Beat corporate card. So I can listen. I've I've been to, I've been to Prime once, and the A Five was rather expensive. And I said, <laughs> you know what? I I I enjoyed that, but that was uh, <laughs> a little. I'm not. I'm I'm no I'm no Rohan. I can't. You know, I don't have that Sports Illustrated money. I've never been, so you have one up on me there. I don't have the Heat Beat money. I'll take you. I'll take you. I'll take you next time <laughs> after the after the Heat win Game Three of the Finals. We'll go together and we'll have a glass of wine. Awesome. I'm looking uh, forward on to Jack. It. Uh, check out his work, uh, Rohan. Where can people follow you on Twitter? Please at Rohan Nadkarni R O H A N N A D K A R N I. Follow me. My Twitter is mostly jokes about crushes with the occasional basketball take in there i think you guys will enjoy it listen that's my life wait gianni did you did you say you said game three after you so we're not having home court advantage in the finals be a little really no, listen I, we know that we know that the regular season for the heat is a marathon not a sprint we've gone over this brass we're not projected to be the one seed they're gonna take it easy jimmy butler needs some rest goran needs to make sure that he's healthy there listen eric Spolster is not the kind of coach that is gonna coach his guys into the ground he knows that they have a veteran group that when it comes to the playoffs they're gonna be ready and when it comes to win on the road in a big situation you trust that Jimmy Goron and their superstar Bam Adebayo, who now Carmelo Anthony with that jab step jumper, that they're gonna get it done. I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, gutless. Yeah, you're just you're gutless. Uh, Rohan, gutless. Rohan, uh, if uh, if if Jimmy Butler were a cake, what type of cake would he be? Oh God, what a great and difficult question. What a great question. This is why we need to be credential. Yeah, no, then and, Rohan, was... your answer will end the show. We are going to hard out with your answer. No explanation. I just need the cake and we're hard outing. He is a, he's a, a cake. He's like a birthday cake from Milk Bar because he's, there's a, there's a classic element to him, but you know, he's got layers and he's complicated. 